0: Hey y'all, and welcome back to The Rhythm Session, brought to you by The Modern Foundry. I'm your host, Cogan Blair. This week, Kyle and I are talking about new music from No Tourists, Joy Ola de Koon, Little Dirk, and Baby, and Lloyd Banks' album that has terrible mixing. We hope you enjoy it, and if you like what you hear, remember to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into the show. So... It's been a while, Kyle. What is going on in your life? How have you been? What's up? Are you watching the Euros? What's what's going on?
1: Watching Euros. I mean, watch the little game today. I mean, Harry Kane is... Uh, he appears to have uh, some form of issue that...
0: Uh... His issue is that he, he came from Tottenham, Hotspurs... Uh, and that's forever going to be his issue. He has a
1: natural inclination to bottle shit.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's,
1: so that's good and uh, you, you know uh it's it, I feel like everyone else is playing uh, well around him. Raheem Sterling is fa- playing fantastic. Uh, obviously England supporter uh, I also support the Republic of North Macedonia, but you know that can not be fun at times.
0: Well, have, have, we, have we considered getting South Macedonia involved? Well, I don't, what's going on there?
1: Actually, South Macedonia, uh, I believe, part of them won in two thousand four. I think uh, North Macedonia is just another example of the spiteful Greekness. That's where I mean I'm half Greek, half Macedonian, so I, I kind of uh, it's much like Russian and Chechenian together. So, you know, I I follow the England because my dad's English and, uh, you know, he's from England. And basically, you know, I've seen literally teams that have just generational players just flush. You know, I've seen midfields with Lampard, Girard, and Scholes just fail to achieve anything. But I mean... The real kind of the the people who are the shittiest right now are, you know, RIP to the process over in Philadelphia. I, I think complaining about England at this point would be nothing, uh, if not spitting in the face of uh, Philadelphia 76ers fans, because uh, their dreams seem to have kind of collapsed into a fiery cataclysm. I mean, can, like, is it time? Can we blame Ben Simmons or, you know, is there other places the blame can go? People are being so ruthless that on Reddit, there's people picking apart his assist numbers. Being like, are these real assists? And I'm like, that's all he's got. Can, can we can we put blame on Doc Rivers now, too? Or is it, like, do we Fucking, have to call... Look at Ty Lu. Look at Ty Lue in the Clippers right now. Sans Doc Rivers. Ty Lue's figuring out ways to win without Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. PG's playing well. Like, I, I, it's... I don't we're know. Seeing,
0: we're seeing the I... real playoff P. We're seeing Terrence Terrence Mann, who, you know, previously unheard of is just going nuts. But it was
1: fucking fantastic.
0: I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret. I don't want the Clippers to win purely yeah. for raptors related reasons. Yeah, no. We got that ex girlfriend. Little... We got that ex girlfriend
1: yeah. shit going on.
0: Yeah, they can do well, but not win. Also, you know, what's up with the basketball gods?
1: Why do they hate Chris Paul? <laughs> this is the most fucked up shit I'm like this guy got as soon as I saw and like he is being like he's fantastic he is he is just as incisive and penetrating as uh, he's been in his entire career he seems to be you know a natural leader and it's just really working out for them that was just kind of a perfect situation that unfolded for him and the Phoenix Suns and this guy gets fucking COVID protocol like come on
0: like, initially, someone told me he wasn't vaccinated. I looked into it. He's been vaccinated. Like, I, like, I also don't know what COVID protocol really means because I feel like they're, it's just like a way of being like, hey, you know, we're going to look into it as a league because these people are worth a lot of money to us. But I don't know. That it just sounds awful. Like, literally, every time injuries, you know, something, something goes wrong for him. This time, now it's COVID, and he's going to be gone for two weeks. You know, hopefully they can get it together with his luck is
1: he just he just does not have the he must
0: have done something really bad to somebody in, in a past life
1: yeah we all think chris paul is good but he's done some serious shit yeah we have some good music to talk about
0: you know we are just coming off of that tamir interview that was really good time getting a
1: lot of love on that
0: we have a lot more interviews to come some of the good ones in the pipeline so i'm excited i'm excited to talk about this music i'm excited to talk to the artists that we're going to talk to in like a few weeks thank you guys all for listening we have some really good stuff coming for you so should we should we jump into this should we jump into uh the albums that we've talked about this week
1: yeah i'm i'm I'm, I'm raring to go i'm excited to talk about this should we
0: talk you know about the one that you know is the worst probably recorded album i've ever listened to should we start there or do you want to to end with that?
1: We're going to you know what? Let's get the let's get the negativity out of the way. Let's get the Lloyd Banks happening. I don't think I I I'm pretty sure we're going to uh, have a, a pretty good consensus here uh in terms of uh like its overall whackness, but let's uh you know, l- l- let's dive in with the Lloyd Banks. The course of the ined- inevitable. The course of the inevitably shit album. Terrible.
0: Let's start with it. So, you know, we got former G Unit lieutenant Star of the early two thousands, Lloyd Banks, and he's returning from what I like to call relative obscurity to drop a new tape. Is it a tape and album? I don't know. It's what's the dichotomy there between a tape and an album when you have a a veteran. artist like this
1: i have no idea like i mean this has been an ongoing thing with us in terms of not under like having any concept of which is which i mean for me this is an album but then he's been releasing tapes fairly regularly i mean so when was his last tape dropped it was like four years was it less than four years was it 2000? He's, yeah,
0: he's been around he's been dropping things i know he has like some you know a kind of creative
1: workspace it seems like like this is the first quote-unquote full-length studio album since i think hunger for more too this is not a studio
0: album before you go too far get
1: carried away <laughs> yeah there's... i don't want to i don't want to give any false uh understanding that this was in fact recorded in the studio
0: yeah i don't know where it was recorded <laughs> uh, i don't think there was any engineers involved shout out they probably served food they served food probably yeah we uh, i'd like to take a second here to thank george and thank boyan for engineering our podcast because i know without a doubt that it sounds much much better than anything i heard on this tape
1: you definitely want to get george uh lego's boyan netic uh on the uh sound design and editing uh if you're lloyd banks for future projects
0: yes i would recommend them we will charge you a premium lloyd banks uh because i know you still have some i'm i'm still fl- i'm so fly money sticking around there He's, some g unit money it's there you have it i don't know why he didn't use any money to do this album because it's almost funny to me because i think you know a lot of people were praising it you know there's obviously or maybe apparently some good lyricism on here there's something good on here because people really liked what they heard i think they said the production was good just to start you know with us and what you thought about it what album did you what song made you turn this off and did you make it past track four
1: no it was kind of terrible right from the fucking opening to be to be honest with you like i i like i I was not offended by his rapping. Uh, like I wasn't offended by his rapping. He's a good rapper. Like Lloyd Banks can rap. Like he, he there's, there's no for me, there's no really, you know, discussion about that. It's just like, you're, you're thrown it in the production blender. Like there was some really good, like even the song empathy, which I'm obviously a Freddie Gibbs Stan at this point. Uh, like, the, the his verse is good. Freddie Gibbs' verse is good. Uh, but the, it doesn't sound good. Uh, formaldehyde. Benny the Butcher. Always comes out, knocks out of the fucking park. Maybe not the greatest Benny the Butcher, uh, you know, feature. But still, good stuff. Like, again, no one on this album uh, can't rap. You know what I mean? So I I just think that's what is the 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 tragedy of it because I think that there actually is a good album in here but it, it it just the we'll put it this way the level of stuff that even comes out of people's home computers now dictates that you need to be at playing at a game that is much higher than this I, I think that's that's my problem like like it's, I mean, like, uh, the opener tra- opening track, Propane, like, I wanted to like it, so, like, Sidewalks, and then, you know, I wanted to love the Empathy and and Formaldehyde, too, because I'm like, oh, you know, Lloyd Banks with these two of, you know, my faves right now, and it just wasn't, ha- it just didn't happen.
0: Yeah, like, I think, you know, you obviously mentioned Benny the Butcher on here, and I want to come back to that, but I think I listen to a lot of rap music, I listen to, you know, stuff that is just starting out and from artists who need development. And I can understand when things you know, aren't all there on the mixing side. I can think, understand when things aren't all there on the production side or on, aren't all there on the engineering side. But to have an artist of this stature do an album and feel like none of those things were considered doesn't really sit well with me and doesn't make sense to me because that's not what I should be expecting from an artist, you know, This long into their career, their tenure. And when I hear this album, you know, I heard it the first week and I was like, hey, you know, maybe next Thursday they can do a remastered version of this album so we can like hear what is on here. It's Um, got a deluxe edition coming out. Yeah, I mean, everyone's doing deluxes these days. I want to remaster it. I want to like, hey, you know, first time we cleaned up the audio and put it through Dolby FX or whatever, and like we got five hundred engineers working on this to try and like pull this album like out of its pieces or like you know convert it from tape to digital versions. Like, it just it just sounds awful. Like, I I really really don't know what's going on with the like the audio is clipping it is it's not le- mastered or mixed to the level the mix um, is for headphones
1: what, it's the, awful the mix is really what it kind of what does it yeah the most for me especially the vocal mixing because again he's a good yep. rapper i want to hear him rap And I want it to, so, like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm here for, uh, with this Lloyd Banks album. Like, I didn't think this Lloyd Banks album is gonna, you know, be, you know, feature some new club anthems or any shit like that. I figured this is gonna be straight up grimy, uh, rap that I, to the which I've enjoyed from Lloyd Banks. And, uh, yeah. No, I don't know how you get away with putting, putting this out other than your name
0: kind of carrying you to this point, because I think, you know, we're witnessing Lord Banks pull a page here from Griselda. Um, I think, you know, like we've talked about on this podcast before, Griselda is super influential and they are influencing an older generation of rappers to kind of fall back in love with the genre. And we are seeing those features on here, you know, Freddie Gibbs, older scale rock Marciano, who I would say is kind of a precursor to that Griselda um, world, but, you know, has played within it, you know, has his own artists. Now um, is doing things non-traditionally is doing like different CD release kind of platforms, you know, not making things available everywhere. And I think that's an important, we got Benny the butcher, obviously styles P you know, Vado, who again is up there in age, we're seeing a certain demographic targeted on this album, but the mix and the thought behind it is not kind of matching up for me there. And I think that's the biggest attraction to this album because there's real rap on this. Because from what I hear, the beats aren't that bad, but it's hard to hear the rapping when the mix is that off.
1: Yeah. One hundred percent.
0: So, what do you what do you think of the features on this? Because, like I said, I think you know we're, he's aiming for something here to have all these rappers be this age as features. So he can. He's not trying to chase a hit. He's not trying to sound like today. Other than the fact that you know Griselda still sounds like this and, and Rock Marciano sounds like this today, he's just rapping. You know, he's not. We don't have Fifty Cent on here. We don't have like anyone else. He's
1: just rapping with people who are kind of current. And who rap like he does today. And that's what I loved about that. Like, I, I I think the feature selection is really great. And it's deft. And I like, as you were saying, that it is older guys who are doing really fucking well. Benny the Butcher's doing great. Freddie Gibbs uh, is one of the men of the hour right now. And other people on this as well. Styles P of the Locks, fantastic. Fucking Votto used to be with fucking Cam'ron. Um, UN, like... Was Rocky, was Rock Marciano in Flip Mode Squad as well? Like, there is some... He was
0: a long time
1: ago. Yeah, yeah, it was like, these guys have been around, and they're still performing at a really great kind of level. And I think, you know, we talk a lot about what does things, what does career look like for, you know, rappers as they, get, as they age, because there's this idea of aging out. And I think, you know, a lot of the guys here are bucking that trend, and it would have been really cool to have Lloyd Banks do that with all these guys, because it's a really good, like assembly of people in the, in the hip hop meta right now.
0: Yeah. And I think that, you know, is really the aim here. So I, I just, it just seems like kind of like ill thought to me to be like, Hey, I'm going to present you with what you're looking for, but kind of half asset. So I'm wondering like, why do you think that, like it wasn't up to snuff. Like what do you think there was like a money thing or it was a rush? Like I I, he I released just can't it feel independently. Him, I right? It was an
1: independent yeah, release, did. right? Yeah, from from my understanding. Well, I like I don't know what his financial situation is. Like I you know what I mean? Like so it's released independently, so I don't know what that situation is, or maybe this is an interpretation of the more grimy Griselda sound, which isn't pretty but it's well there's a difference the, I feel like ears are really good now at discerning hip hop that is grimy as a creative choice rather than you know like think about the music coming out of Chicago you know for you know for some of the you know the drill stuff coming out of Chicago even stuff yeah. that was produced in bedrooms was better mixed than this so yeah. like I I just don't know why this was like this you know i mean like that like i i really don't have an answer for it like i i can't like i for me it independent release was it a money thing does let you know what i mean i i I don't know was it a creative choice
0: well i mean i think like that's the thing is like there's no creative choice here because you know we're seeing kids come out of stuff with their bedrooms and figure out how to mix like this is you sit on youtube you know, i've mixed up in, in my bedroom that sounds better than this and i know how to how to bring the levels up and i f- wonder about microphones choice all that kind of stuff but it just seems like there was like some corners cut to get this out that impacted this but also like you know at one point you were a millionaire not to say that like you know it's gonna last forever but there should have been some thought there and you know like you said with the Griseldos, with those people of this world, you know, you can do something grimy that still sounds good and it can sound grimy without, you know, suffering quality. And this is a quality drop-off, which makes it not a great-sounding project. And also, this is not an album for playlists because it's, you know, thought of in one way and production is one way and it's the grimy sound. But it's an album that you can't play in playlists because the quality drop-off is so noticeable and there's not a streaming service out there and i've tested you know the three major ones and amazon and it sounds bad on all of them so this is not a thing where oh well you're not listening on title that's going to fix it no title's not going to fix bad mixing at the source and this album suffers from that um and that's what hurts this album because like if I put this on, I was listening to, you know, the albums we we're reviewing this week. I was listening to some other stuff and this album came on and I said, oh, all my headphones must be broken or, oh, there's something wrong with my I- iPhone or I didn't download the album correctly or something. But no, this album is just mixed so terribly that it changes so noticeably from what you're listening to before and what you listen to after it that I find it hard to listen to. And it doesn't sound great in the car. doesn't sound great in headphones. It doesn't sound great on a speaker. And for that reason, like, I didn't spend that much time with his album. Like, I listened to it once. I get it. He's rapping. The production's okay. But it just sounds like such a noticeable drop off that it's hard to take seriously.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's, I think that
0: says it right there. So, looking back on it, like, you know, we're seeing side artists, you know, who were kind of second fiddle to, the main stars of the early 2000s. We're seeing Jim Jones put out some of the best music of his career right now. Lloyd Banks, you know, I think if I distilled it, this is a good project, maybe even a great project. You know, decades removed from their peaks and the peak of the groups, you know, what do we think that means? What does this trajectory arc look like for some of these artists? Because, you know, much like Rizaldo, like does this music matter for people who weren't there to see, you know, the Hunger for More 1, or the original, you know, P.O.M.E., or or the heyday of these artists.
1: I don't know. Like, I, I think I appreciate Lloyd Banks more now, but I still have that understanding of who Lloyd Banks is in the context of hip-hop from the last 25 years. So... It's hard to say. I mean, he has kind of an odd trajectory because it coincided with G-Unit drama most of the time. So there's, you know, being on Interscope, then moving to EMI. You know, he drops one of the classic hip-hop albums of the 2000s with Hunger for More. You know, he's clearly a talented rapper, you know, who seems polished, right, who seemed kind of polished right from the get-go. But there was this decisive drop-off, you know, an absence that was kind of filled with you know, decent mixtapes where, again, like, you're very much seeing his talent as a rapper, but no concerted narrative narrative from a, you know, a career standpoint. And, I mean, a lot of that could have to do with, like, personal tragedy. I mean, he lost his father, you know, there was fairly involved touring situations as well. And I just think that also a guy like 50 Cent has, you know, a sphere of influence and has its own gravitational pull and being in G-Unit you're part of that, I think that's why you see the game leaving g unit and not being a part of it. There's obviously a bunch of stuff that you know happened, and th- this happened and that happened. but I think you know i i, th- I was excited about this project when hearing it dropped because I like the idea of him of his talent and his talent moving away from that and you know trying to establish a new situation and kind of leaving that previous trajectory because I didn't think the trajectory was good. Not again, from, not from a talent standpoint, but because you get lost in all this fucking drama. Like G unit is drama. There's a lot in there. There's a lot fucking happening. And there was, you know, I think like the game
0: was very obviously like a star when we saw G unit, right? Like, and so some of these guys who, you know, are these kind of second fiddle acts, like, Vado was like, you know, maybe the second inclination of Dipset in, in the later half of the, you know, still early 2000 or however you want to kind of talk about it, maybe 2008, 2009 period that he kind of came up um, under Cameron. But to look back at these guys who, you know, have these kind of careers where they're like, hey, like, you know, a young buck or Tony Yayo. Um And then I look, look at like, you know, take off or some of these acts now who are there and they're kind of prominent, but they don't really have that much to say for themselves outside of the success of their groups. And I just wonder like, you know what that's going to look like in the future. And I think it's going to be maybe similar to this, but we've also seen some of the groups now try to kind of like break apart and artists definitely take off no pun intended on their own. But then you look at something like Griselda and it's not, they're not really having the same issues there because they all kind of have their own star power, but also you don't have as much hip hop groups in the same way that you used to in the early two thousands, because you know, for for financial reasons, and also this, I think
1: this very problem, you know what I mean? Like I, I think Griselda It's probably, I'm trying to think of a group that is as consistently as good since Wu-Tang Clan from a solo albums point of view. I know with some people, that will be contentious with some people. uh, But look how good the West Side Gun albums are, how good the Benny the Butcher albums are, and how good the Conway the Machine albums are. We just reviewed the Conway the Machine album. It was fucking really good. Those albums are really good. And all three of them put them out there. And sometimes they Voltron together. And sometimes they fucking don't. I think in a situation like that, you have to be able to enjoy each other's success. And you have to be able to not have an ego about it as if there is an ulterior motive. Listen, at the end of the day, everyone's putting out, trying to put out the best music they can. And you know, if you have, if they got good heads on their shoulders, then they'll remember where they came from and who helped them get up and I think Griselda is an example of that taking place right now because there's obviously a logical understanding that there's strength in numbers, so it makes sense to create a group when it's difficult to get under, you know, just from a fuck, this production company is built on the same general ethos, but I think that you it, it is difficult to have a bunch of people working together and then doing their own solo stuff and, and trying to that balance of you're getting self-fulfillment versus, you know, you're contributing to the group and you're happy within the group. I, I think it's it's difficult and I think it's more of a, you know, a notch on the belt for, for Griselda and what they do.
0: So do you think looking at this and like, you know, talking about and considering all that, like... Do you think someone like Lloyd Banks is looking at this and being... Or sorry, uh, Young Buck is looking at this and being like, oh, you know, maybe there's room for me to kind of get back in and be influential. We've seen, you know, Three Six Mafia. We're seeing an album we're going to review, you know, coming up. We see Project Pat there. We see you know, people who are part of these legendary groups kind of start to have a say in things again and, you know, find ways to be active and ways to con- collaborate with new artists. Um, You know, we watch ASAP Mob and, and you know, some of the acts there, you know, kind of on a second wind there too. So, you know, are we going to see some of these other acts maybe take a page from Griselda or, you know, just find ways to be relevant and be active again? Because, like, I think, you know, there's room for young buck again in this industry. You know, there's ways for him to be influential, whether it's through mentorship or, you know, just kind of sticking his, his name out there. But like, you know, we haven't seen a lot of great rap from Nashville in the last few years. You know, Uh, we're seeing Memphis have a a revitalization. Maybe he could get involved and active somewhere in there.
1: I I definitely think that it sends the right message, which going, what's going on. And, I think it's great because you're getting all this music from artists like imagine if Freddie Gibbs kind of just cashed it in because the first part of his career phase kind of came to an end. He got removed from his label. It's and then, you know, that would be unfortunate because then you wouldn't get pinata. You wouldn't get bandana. You wouldn't have Alfredo. You wouldn't have all this great music that kind of bucks the trend of aging out. Yeah. Young. Listen, at the end of the day, And uh, I apologize for being cliche with with that cliche statement. But if the music's good, it'll find an audience. And he's got enough name recognition where it'll have a starting point. So it's like, why not? Because, again, this wasn't a bad idea by Lloyd Banks. It It just... The execution is the issue. It's not even, again, for me with his rapping. It's just like what was the packaging and like you're you're bringing this to a game that is people are playing at a really high level it's like the difference between the nba in the 90s and the nba now it's like it's a completely fucking different game and there is a base unit of of quality that you have to be bringing and if he can bring that then he'll do well so i think like maybe were there anything that was noticeable
0: for you on on this album? You know, despite the obvious flaws that and the problems that
1: I had with it. Yeah, like I think this album is a complete album that, which is again the harp where the harping comes from. I don't think that it is stylistically or creatively all over the place from a narrative point of view or for you know from that kind of sense. I think, you know, he's assembled really great artists with him to do this and some of these beats are also really fucking sick it's just like crown it's a like it's a sick beat but what like it just needed to be it just needed to be packaged properly and it just didn't kind of it didn't kind of happen again empathy and formaldehyde like these would be good tracks we'll put it this way if the if if the vocal mixing on these is better and just the engineering in general we're talking about these two tracks like they're awesome i fully believe that there's something to talk about
0: if you know it's bad and i think like you know this album did get picked up people i mean people talked about it they liked it whatever but i don't think it had staying power just because of that that issue like it's not an album you can really take take to go with you on, the, on like on the road or anywhere because it doesn't like this is not an album i want to listen to again until i can get like a remix or a remastered version
1: yeah then i'm like totally into listening to it and i think you know I think, and I think just listening to this distance from G-Unit is good. To be honest, this album kind of shows that being beholden to G-Unit's need for, like, catchy singles. Like, that, for me, is the thing that kind of holds people back in groups like that. That there is this need for catchy singles and, and just, like... Predetermined things you need artistically, the industry already has that, and it's driven. If you're in a in a group that kind of demands that as well, but you know you're dealing with more than just business in those cases too. It's like lifelong friendships, and uh, you know, and you're, you're dealing with people who've been friends for a while, and all the egos are in there, and they can't be put aside. It's going to affect your overall, to, you know, your overall artistic quality, and you know, again, group dynamics. Versus personal success it gets fucking complicated and i think that it's very clear he's made very good albums and the and the opportunity is there i just think again like th- this was this was a complete idea this was heart in the right place from a creative point of view it just didn't fucking hit and it makes people you don't want to make people not want to listen to your album because it sounds cruddy like this isn't a velvet underground album for the late 60s Right. This is modern hip hop. And there is, again, a base level of quality necessary. So let's move on to some
0: other modern hip hop. And I want to dive into uh two artists who've had, you know, really big years in the last uh, last two years. And that's Little Baby and Little Dirk, who unite together to form the voice of the heroes, which is the title of this album. And I also think, you know, Little Dirk's nickname is The Voice and uh, Lil Baby's nickname is The Hero so they both have had career-defining years especially over the pandemic so they link up on this collaborative album and further both of that so how do you think this collaboration album compares to some others we've seen in the last uh, few years
1: well for me the biggest comparison would probably be the future and Lil Uzi Vert album I I think that that album didn't really work that well because there was just too much overlap of what they do, and there wasn't a ton of sonic variety. And sometimes with collaborations, you get too much pushback from different styles, and sometimes it's way too aligned. But I thought that these guys dovetailed really well into each other because, like, their their music, you know, trap, drill has very co- as obviously common ancestries, and uh, you know, it, one is kind of. Uh, an offshoot or an interpretation of the other, but they're different enough that they're able to really kind of put it together. Well, I mean, I thought this was a pretty good album. I I did enjoy listening to it. and It's absolutely not engineered poorly.
0: Yeah. Um, I think coming off of the last album that, you know, is something that you can really like tell it's not like um, engineered poorly. I think both these artists, you know, have had, career defining years i think you know we're seeing little dirk into into a new resurgence he is almost a decade into the game now he has shifted the genre a lot he's you know now stationed in atlanta and you know it seems like some of the legal stuff i think is behind him right now and i think there is some chemistry here to me it doesn't really line up with the chemistry by like gunna and little baby but it's yeah. kind of nearly there i think the album starts out pretty strong there's some good songs throughout it i think it kind of devolves into a little bit playlisty music where it's like you know some of these songs are good am i like thinking about them you know a little bit down the line they're definitely but trying I to think, call
1: their shot with it they're you know they're yeah
0: yeah and i think you know there's nothing really wrong with that but to me I'm going to like pick my favorite songs off of this album and then kind of move on with it. Yeah. And there's a lot here. just a lot to choose from. I enjoyed it and I, I like them together. I think I would probably rather them t- to stick to collaborating, you know, a bit less frequently than a full album.
1: Yeah, I think that was the thing—is it kind of loses gas? That would be one of my biggest issues with like there's songs on here that I think are fucking really good, and they're definitely going to be sticking around for a bit. I mean, I know we'll probably get into it, but like the the Meek Mill feature, I thought was really was really sick. That track, "Man of My Word," I thought was really good as well. I think there's some really fucking good stuff here.
0: So. You know, what do you think this album kind of means for regional rap? Do you think, you know, there's still a place for regional rap? We're seeing Little Dirk kind of grow, what I would call like a little bit out of the the world of drill and a little bit into more modern. Trap influence rap. This is not to say that Drill is not trap influence, but I don't really know how to like construct his new sounds. There's a lot of like auto tune in it. It's cool. There's a lot of things happening, but it just sounds like kind of like now. And I think, you know, to a degree, he's influenced that sound, so it's fine for him to own it. But, you know, the regionality of rap doesn't really seem to be that apparent other than Atlanta on this project.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's definitely it. I think that. You know, overall, the Atlanta variety of Trap is just a little bit, I mean, it's so dominant in the in the, in the hip-hop sound. I mean, you know, we have the Chicago Drill stalwart Lil Durk, uh, you know, and he's with the Trap mainstay Lil Baby. So, like, it's a great showing for two-story music scenes in their current iteration um, and kind of a celebration of you know stylistic movements that have a common origin, common sound, you know just obviously with a different context. But I think that what happens is everything gets into the stylistic blender that is pop music now. And if you're looking to be more pop, I think there is going to be you're going to start moving away from from regional sounds. But I mean again, the collaboration was cool, but I feel like being too regionalistic is shitty for the base purposes of pop music anyways, you know what I mean? So if you look at pre-drill music coming out of Chicago, you know, if kids like Lil Durk was like, yo, we're not going to do this because it's from Atlanta. You know what I mean? It's like, it, it just, like, for me, the regionalism is good because that's where you get new ideas from and you get new, you know, new sounds and, and and new forms of communicating musically. But, you know, to an extent, it gets to the point where it's no fucking fun, you know? Like, you think about,
0: yeah. I also think that, like, you know, Regionalism has a place in music because I think it's nice to be able to go, oh, I'm hearing this. This sounds, you know, it's Memphis influence or this, you know, it sounds like very West Coast influence. Like this has its roots where I think music now, you know, and I think UK drill is kind of an exception to this where like, you know, it's obviously influenced by Chicago drill and started there, but it has its own sound now. And you can hear when, you know, France is trying to do UK drill or, you know, germany or portugal or all these places are trying to pull from that influence where i think on the american charts very often you have this kind of bland form of regionalist rap that just sounds like now you know it sounds like Atlanta. it has a little bit of influence from memphis has a little bit of influence from houston and chicago but it just all sounds the same and you can't really quite put a finger on you know where it's coming from
1: I think for me, the big reason for that is we need more new regional sounds, right, to be, to kind of enter into the pop music landscape, because now it's starting to get a little bit, like, we haven't had a big one in a while, you know what I mean? That's really kind of come out and kind of shook the foundations of music in a while, in the same way that, the you know, the nilism of Chicago Drill did, or you know the infectiousness of of trap music in atlanta i think we're probably getting to the point with hip-hop where we're a little thirsty for something new and something to inject uh into what's going on now i think that's what's great about you know european again like for me it comes down to like uh, regional sounds in europe and their interpretation of them are much different than regional sounds and their interpretation of them in the united states because like with the united states it's always a little bit more of a um nationalistic or regionalistic idea whereas in europe it's just the europeans are so used to taking from everything else uh taking shit from everybody that uh it just stems over into their music and this is for a good reason now and and um yeah i i think that again i mean europeans are more open but again like the whole idea of you know People taking from regional sounds, I mean, that kind of gets, like, as soon as you get to a situation where a regional sound becomes popular, and then people try to jump on it, you immediately begin diluting it. There's, like, no way around it, whether it's trap, whether it's grunge, whether it's, you know, Britpop, whether it's West Coast, it's, it's... eventually everything starts cross-pollinating well i'm wondering too
0: in this day and age that if we'll see more of kind of what we're seeing from pasta you know we're seeing skyfall kind of touch on this afro b afro beats with an s drill kind of blend with some caribbean notes kind of come into the american frame and you know obviously Canada can can do that but i wonder if that's going to be kind of a new sound that gets expounded on in the u.s and in the americas uh, a little bit more now because we know melody does so well and there's so much room for it you know and that sound can do melodies really well so i'm wondering if that kind of will
1: hear some american interpretations of that sound I'm just wondering if they think the drums are too fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, there's little, like, changes in the syncopation and stuff that people, like, I feel like if you're not used to it, like, it, it kind of seems weird and odd at the beginning. But, so, I mean, again, like, we, th- we do talk about this a lot. It's just, you know, like, how, what is the level of acceptance an American audience or an American artist um, as a community have towards these international sounds? Like, there is a kind of, an always a thought there's a it's a, it's a it's a different kind of situation because I feel like Europe borrows, whereas America again this is the idea of mosaic versus assimilation. But I think which I think is evident in hip hop in general.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder too. with that if like it'll be a thing where you know individual audiences get it more than artists do um, because we're seeing. You know, this music do well already, and I think it will hit the clubs and the live show circuit and audiences on TikTok and stuff before it really, you know, starts to reverberate and somebody can kind of find a way to clone it. I think it might bounce to pop music first.
1: The club is, is, I think, the best conduit for it. Like, I really think the best of the club is the best conduit for European music getting in there. Because, listen, it makes you move in a different way. And it it, it hits you different from, you know, from a movement standpoint. And, like, at the end of the day, that is, and I'm saying that fucking shit again, uh, that if it makes people move and it gets people on the dance floor, it will find a way into pop music.
0: Well, I think, you know, that's a really good note to kind of move forward, talk about some other music, you know, especially speaking about European influence, I wanted to get into uh, Toronto's No Tourist and their Ultraviolet EP. Um, that is a follow-up to their twenty EP, Guerrilla. What did you think of this project?
1: I mean, I already love No Tourists. I mean, you were the one who initially got me into them. You showed me, you know, their videos when we came over. I think it, I thought... You know, this was a really cool EP, every track has something to offer, you know, deep, grimy bass lines, that fucking groove, and you can't help but move when you hear this shit. I was listening to it kind of walking around set at work, and there's something infectious and energetic about it, and they were able to sustain it across, you know, across the entire project. I mean, not a long project, but, you know, it's it's showing the the pedi- the, the, the pedigree and the ability to do it. It's kind of the same way after we did some sort of Judas where we started kind of hearing Boogs' music, uh, especially the song Ruga Clips when we were out and around. Um, but I'm hearing No Tourists as well when we're out, and it's really good. I mean, you hear Dumbo or Safe Bed, like, I fucking love it. Like, it's 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 really good. I thought this EP was incredible. I loved it from start to finish. So how would you
0: attempt to try and codify the genre and the sound that we're hearing here?
1: See, that's a part that fucks me up because this is clearly stylistic sounding like UK hip-hop. I don't think all of their music has consistently done that. I think it's a direction they are moving more in. and Not that they weren't doing it at all, but I think as they go on, it adopts more of the sound. And I think that works in a place like Toronto because of closer attention to the roots of music, musical styles like dancehall and UK drill and a smattering of Afro beat which just sounds fucking awesome but then on the final two tracks you're getting full blown hits of like house and lounge music very laid back uh, we've talked about this a lot in terms of where music like this can take root and it's really for me in this only toronto and montreal right now where it seems like that will that can take hold whole, like the u.s for me just isn't There to an extent and I to do that to get this and I think your note on maybe it's audiences first when usually it's the other way around it's musicians and that's why certain musicians act as trendsetters but like for me it is really rooted in the UK hip hop tradition I think that obviously you hear the dance hall UK drill styles uh, mixed in there and they're in the perfect they're from the perfect place to make that happen uh, from a North American you know music standpoint
0: yeah, I think, like, there's a lot of room for what they're doing to grow, and I think that people who are up on music are going to get this, they're going to hear it, they're going to know what to do with it, and people who are slow are going to get it later. And I think that, I think like you said, like, you know, coming from Toronto is going to be a big factor in it, but I think they they could really pave the way for new music to come out and to change the way that we look at regionality too to kind of go back to that is like you know yes there's influence in the uk but you know they're taking in different directions they have different skill sets there's different music kind of coming out here um so i think that's you know what i'm hearing on this ep you know what i'm hearing on the last ep is like there's a lot of room for growth um and we're seeing you know there's a lot of different acts within this collective and different skill sets and talents. And they're leaving each other a lot of space to kind of all flourish and all do their thing. And I think that's really important. And I'd love to see kind of more of this from them. I'd love to see a full length record and see them start to Yeah. That's kind collab. of
1: that, That's a big thing for me is wanting to see a full length record because like this is good from start to finish. It was really enjoyable. And I think that, it's time to see it you know from a more lengthy point of view i think one of the things too and i've just been kind of mulling it in my head and what the issue is i think there's two ways regional sound is used as an influence beyond the region that it's in as it could be something super revolutionary to push things to push the creative needle and other times you just grab the cliche parts of it like for trap music the overuse of like the machine gun hi-hat you know what i mean yeah so that's i mean that type of music definitely you know trap changed the way that part of of a drum beat is is kind of shaped but now everybody's using it and everybody's using it kind of in the same way and it just gets to a point where it becomes cliched and tired you just need the needle keeps needing to be pushed forward is the big thing you can't just be like okay throwing a trap beat blah 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 it's more like okay what does this song need what does this song you know what i mean and also i mean part of that is from the way that you know pop music coming from hip-hop is put together you have guys pitching beats and the people like this is cool this is popular let's make a fucking song out of it
0: yeah and i think that you know that kind of element and, and that nature of the style kind of coming together changes the way that the music ends up sounding so i think like we're with no tourists like they're on the cusp of the changing of the sound and i think that is important and that's an important place to be i'm kind of just waiting now for the audiences to kind of catch up and to see you know the mastery that's happening
1: yeah no i definitely agree
0: and like yeah like i think you know in the next little bit like i'd love to see you know more live shows and I'd like to see them maybe like go tour with another act because I think that will kind of like, you know, put audiences that are kind of sleeping on them.
1: I to ask you a question. Would you suggest them just in terms of audience and alignment and dovetailing? Would you have them work with, from a touring standpoint, maybe they're opening a high profile English act or a high profile American act?
0: That's a good question. I think, Probably an American act because it would kind of open a little bit more doors for them. I guess it depends on where they're touring. If they went to the UK, it'd be cool for them to go with American act. or If they're doing Canada with a, with an American act, but I think mm. maybe if they toured the states, it'd be cool with a high profile like American act or UK act. So it'd be cool for them to, like go on tour opening for Skepta or something like that. I think that'd be a, That's exactly
1: what thing. I was thinking. I'm like, would I rather them go on tour with Skepta? Or, like, little Baby or someone. You know what I mean? I wouldn't
0: want to see them with little Baby. So, I think on the American side, you'd need somebody who is kind of a little bit out of the box. Like, you yeah. know, No tourists and Amine on, on, on tour together, I think, would be really, really cool.
1: Yeah. Amine is so fucking good. And there is an openness in his music. So, like, I, I, I think... Or even, like, I a like slow
0: the... tie on the, on the UK side, too. Slow tie That would be, be, be a really cool bill.
1: And he's not... Like, he's big but not to the super size drown out what the opener is doing you know what i mean and then also there's really good opportunities for collaboration because i think the music again dovetails well together potentially
0: so on our patented cog rating scale where are you going to put this uh, ultraviolet ep
1: i fucking love this ep it was an 8.5
0: yeah, um, I agree with you. I'm really looking forward to more music from them, uh, more stuff from them solo. I'd like to see them more ingrained in the Toronto scene and really get their just due. I think this EP was fantastic. I'm gonna give it a nine on our patented cog rating scale, and definitely looking forward to more from them.
1: It's fucking incredible. I, I, they gotta go. They gotta come on the show. Is what needs to happen next.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's let's do that. Let's, yeah, we're, uh, put we gotta some get these guys on there. the
1: show. No tourist is. Uh making toronto proud
0: um so let's move down south and let's talk about joy olada and her album uh the Nashville bass songwriter delivers her project in defense of my own happiness which i believe is her second project in two years and a follow-up to the last project what did you think of this album
1: i feel like this went way under my radar because you told me about this album and i thought when did you hold out on me when was this dropped
0: uh no i told you about it just just as it dropped when we were setting to do this
1: okay cool so like for me i got total tracy chapman vibes just because there is a combination of political earnestness and emotional longing that i felt tracy chapman self like self-titled album really kind of kind of really embodied and both are coming came out at times where that messaging was really necessary and it was put in a i think with protest music it's either everything's supposed to be super folk sounding which i think obviously tracy chapman has that sound but i think there is a there is a pull away from it too because unable to make it work, especially in an eighties pop music landscape. But I just felt that the, you know, the obvious look is to, is to be rage filled in, in a very obvious way, like punk music or, or hip hop. And this is just so good and so pretty. It's really pretty, but it still feels like a modern pop album but the messaging in it is so fucking good. And like the song, I see America just when I heard it, I'm like, this is fucking, that's really the song that did it. That made me think of uh, Tracy Chapman because it made me think about talking about revolution. So yeah, this is really great.
0: Yeah. And and I know she talks about Tracy Chapman influencing her, you know, to see uh, another black woman uh, play in this kind of pop um, folk world is to me, like, you know, kind of revolutionary. You don't see artists of this caliber that often. Her songwriting is just so. It's employing. off the fucking. Sh- off the charts. She just evokes so much through it. Yeah, like, I think, you know, I have to kind of go back to her project from 2020 a little bit as well but i've been a fan of her can i interrupt for
1: a second i apologize because i did not articulate this well and i was like what was i saying properly i think the big thing with this and the comparison is tracy chapman is just like where they are politically when this happens i mean there's a very clear understanding despite what conservatives uh in the united states believe that systemic racism is alive and well in the united states and tracy chapman was coming around at a time where apartheid was at its most hold like aggressively holding on to the reins of of power over South African society and they just are coming along at very similar times I feel and that's really good for us from t- in terms of enjoying and and understanding political music. Sorry about that.
0: No 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 definitely definitely good to make that uh the notion. Did you also listen to the 2020 in defense of my own happiness, like the beginnings you listen to that album. Yes.
1: I really, that was kind of the next step after that really kind of great stuff. Like this, this is, I I would definitely put her high at the top of the list of, of songwriters working right now. Just, just from a, just from an understanding what the pop music situation is, but also uh, the self-expression and, um, the very clear desire for self-expression
0: yeah and i think there's an important thing happening here on this album where there is folk music there's protest music there's political music being made but there's also clear and a lot of room for pop music here yeah there's it's definitely you have pop notes you know songwriting is very carefully considered i think that's what makes this album stand out to me
1: it's 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 a tour de force from a songwriting situation and it's able to blend styles and not it's folk and protest music but unconventionally folk and protest music um, or what you would conventionally label as that and I just think it's just the way it's still a pop album it's very much still a pop album and it's still it's there and it's accessible and I, I think that was the thing that really kind of kind of turned me on to it because I'm like, there's there is these really poignant moments and these moments where you're just nodding your head and and just kind of like being sucked in by it from a sonic point of view.
0: So where do you see this kind of singing songwriting right now in the in the landscape? Like, you know, we've reviewed a lot of different music on this. You know, I consider maybe Lana Del Rey to be in there. We're seeing some stuff like this from Taylor Swift. But I think you know for the most part we're not seeing i want to be careful about how i say this we're seeing obviously singer songwriters do well in pop but i'm not seeing you know a lot of singer songwriters kind of step up to the mantle of being pop sensations these days as much as i used to
1: i think definitely with his music like like there is a, a clear need to make it accessible but i think that that's not what it is like it's not that's clearly not the point and i think that I mean, being a pop artist is tedious, and it takes a lot to try to do that. And I think that it's one of those things where if you're like, it, it's like the Billie Eilish situation. Like, there's, there's obviously, without a doubt, a, 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 a fucking insane amount of talent within Billie Eilish, but she doesn't do anything overt to be a pop artist. But then she has become a fucking, you know, world famous pop artist now. So I just don't know. I think maybe it's a smacking of effort thing too and what that is. I mean, Lana Del Rey is an unconventional pop uh, pop star as well, I think. I mean, obviously yeah. she doesn't hit yeah. the Taylor Swift uh, levels, which, I mean, he's even, fuck. I mean, I don't think is arguable, but she's not far off. She's working with the same producers. You know what I mean? She's still, I think her music is meant to be a little bit more... Into it, but I can't even say that now because Taylor has released to my favorite very quiet album. So I just think all of these things are just blending into each other, and it's it's hard to be, you know, a continuous pop star if because the, the like the sound is is like people would like to say that it's so fucking straight up now, but like I feel like pop is probably taking a lot more influences. Now, I think hip-hop is a little bit more stagnant currently than actual pop music is, if that makes sense. Interesting. I mean, I think, I would say, like,
0: hip-hop's influencing pop more than, you know, it's stagnant in itself. Because I think there's a lot of different things happening, you know, within hip-hop, like we talked about earlier with the regionalism and hip-hop. Kind of, you know, by nature of being a a young person's genre is more consuming uh, other genres or other sounds into its body faster than any other genre out there. You know, because, you know, rock, I think to this point, has been very traditional or when it does consume sounds, it seems to grab, you know, from pop. Whereas, like, you know, rock starts influencing EDM sounds. and You get, like, Imagine Dragons who are, you know... I'm not going to say they're terrible, but I'm not going to say they're they're not terrible. I'm going to say they they are terrible.
1: They're terrible. They're absolutely 100% objectively terrible.
0: But I would say hip hop, you know, you can get stagnant sounds on the radio, but then you know, you have the biggest artists in the genre and they're pulling in new things, you know. Kanye's in this gospel uh kind of realm and Drake is, you know, always searching for, you know, different sounds in the UK or I think Drake is a little Southern bit more music, dynamic or- though.
1: Like, I think he's naturally a he bit is, more He he's dynamic. also, like, th- Whereas the, but the th- biggest, like, hip-hop
0: star right now.
1: Yeah, but I, I guess my thing is is that usually the genre... Like, these things going go in a very steady stream in terms of, you know, you get these, which seem almost punk in their, you know, revolutionary sounds and stuff. And then that begins moving into the mainstream, and you get overt hyper commercial uh, commercialization with the music. And then it kind of gets, and right now since, since rap is now essentially become the mainstream. Now there is an understanding of what that sound, what sound needs to happen um in order to, in order to do that. And you find a you see a lot of artists trying to conform to that. And I think it's happening more and more. This is why you see so many guys who are just auto tuned like crazy, because there is a way direct way of they believe of making that work i think that what they what hip-hop needs again is another jolt not because like it's it's like it is the the dominant form of music right now so it will remain that way and to be honest with you i think that there's a lot of artists in hip-hop that are doing well but and creating different things, but I also believe that it is getting to a point now where you're getting, you getting cliched sounds, just like you were in rock music, where the sounds are cliched, and, you know, I think that probably is, you know, taking maybe too much from trap music, and, and stuff like that, and I think that... It, This is where it it would be cool if we got another regional kick. This is why, like, something like Chicago Drill was exciting when it came up. Because it took an industry that maybe, you know, that had good stuff going on and had, like, original stuff happening. But then added this grimy, nihilistic view from a city and its socioeconomic conditions. And that kind of kicked it in there. And Atlanta was almost just like punk rock celebration of blackness coming from those artists, which I, which was awesome. And I I think you, you're going to need more of these things seeping into it and kind of changing what's going on. Whereas I think that's what I know. I agree with what you're saying. Whereas that is likely coming from the UK.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, we're going to have to look forward to see, you know, what, gets pulled from and gets innovated on and that is going to kind of you know set set the trend for these next this next decade that we're just stepping into now
1: yeah absolutely
0: so t- to bring it back to the album in defense of my own happiness on our patented cog rating system where do you have this album at
1: if this is a nine it's incredible
0: and i'm going to join you on that i'm also at a nine i think this album is really really good this is her did we rate the lloyd banks album, i believe we did
1: not rate the Lloyd Banks. I didn't <laughs> think it was worthy of rating. Okay, copy that. Continue, continue. Just wanted to make sure that wasn't an oversight. If you if you'd like to give it a call, rating scale
0: for, for for the audience, um, I could do that now though, and I would give it a zero point five.
1: <laughs> no, it's. I feel you. I. I it's yeah. That's roughly the same for me. <laughs> <laughs> But,
0: anyways, I'd like to thank you so much for joining me. Kyle, Absolutely. it was really nice talking music with you. We have another batch of albums to get to because there's been a lot of good music coming out. As we get later into the summer, too, you know, we're going to have to happening. What the, what the song, what the song of the summer is going to be and, you know, what's gonna keep the summer moving so i'm excited we will be back for everybody very very shortly thank you for listening uh, make sure you're subscribed you're reviewing everything again kyle thank you for joining me absolutely i'm um, looking forward to doing this again yeah. yeah man see you later all right guys thanks for joining us talk to you soon